Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now let's listen in with Pastor Jay Petty. Talk about the dunamis power of God. That is God's power. That's what God operates in. That's what God, that's when you when you see the, the, the power of God, you can almost know that it is the miracle working force of God. Thing I want to share with you this morning about that power is how it resides in us. And that everything that God does in us comes out of that power. It's a, it's a power, uh, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll start right here in Ephesians 1, 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you, mentioning you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your heart or your understanding would be enlightened that you might know the hope of his calling. That means invitation. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his dunamis? That word in the Greek is towards us, towards us, which means one of those towards us means in, in, to, and the other means us. So this great dunamis power that is in us. Now, I'm telling you that if you get a hold of this this morning, it'll make you look at things from a different perspective. God has given us dunamis power. And it's in us through the power of his Holy Spirit, which dwells in our hearts. Okay, And, and, and here's, here's what he says about it. This power towards us who believe according to the work, uh, working of his mighty power, which he worked in us, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. Dunamis power, might means to, is a, is a force of God, and the other thing is a physical force or the spiritual force of God. So the, that, that mighty power is the, a force of his spiritual power in us. So, if we begin at that place knowing that God has given us his power to walk out this Christian life, it begins to change how we live. It begins to change our faith. It begins to change what we believe because we can begin to see the power of God resting on us. God never intended the Christian to walk through this life without power to accomplish his purpose in our life, the power to live in a place free of the things that hold us. We struggle with all these things. You know, we struggle with so many different things simply because we don't understand what God has done for us. One of the things he did in Romans 8 is he exempted us from sin when we believed. And what that simply means is that he set us free or he exempted us from the law of sin of death that Jesus that Jesus Christ himself became that sin offering for us. And all of our sin, every part of our sin, was on him. It came on him, which exempted us from, from anything that the enemy could throw at us. But the, but the whole truth is this, is that the enemy deceives us in believing that he has some kind of power 
over our life. He uses all kinds of temptation. He lures us with all kinds of drama. And when we fall, we fall because, because we choose to fall, not because we have to fall. First one, Gene, up there. I'll tell you which one it is. You're here. Matthew 22, I think it's 29. Men of Israel, hear the words of Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by dunamis, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. Isn't that amazing? That word miracle means dunamis, or dunamis means miracle. So in Jesus Christ, God gave him this dunamis power, and that's what he walked in. And the thing that he did with that power was that he performed miracles, he performed signs, and he performed wonders. And the world around him lived in awe of him because of the things that he did. He opened blind eyes, he healed the sick, he, he raised the dead, he did all of those things by one thing, and that was by the miraculous power or the dunamis power of God that rested on him. It rested on him, and it rested in him. Matthew 24, 30. Then, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man. I don't know where that came from. Is that what I said? Well, let's just go to the next one. Matthew 26, 64. And Jesus said to him, It is as you have said, nevertheless I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of Dunamis, coming on the clouds. So when Jesus comes back, he's going to come back in this power. And the whole world will see him walking in this power. So the thing is, is that God intended the church to live in that place in the power of God. Why? Because God intended the world to see the power of God and what it does and how it affects the lives of people. Mark 5.30. Here it is again. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the dunamis had gone out from him, He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? So here's, here, here's the picture. This woman who had an issue of blood said, You know, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. And so what she did is that she just she touched him. But the power of God was already on him. And that power, when she touched him, the power, that dynamis power came out of her, and what it did, it produced healing in her. So dunamis power, number one, brings healing to the body. It releases the healing power of God in the body. That's what happens. I want you to, I want, I want you to see this this morning. Because I think that where we live is because we don't understand the work that God has done in us. And the thing is, it's faith. She believed, and her faith released that power 
into her. And what did it do? It healed her. Is there anything changed about God? I think not. I think what changes is what we believe. Mark 6 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And by what? Next verse. Wisdom in which he has given them, that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Again, that word is dunamis. The point I'm trying to bring to you and I'm trying to show to you is that the way Jesus lived his life, he lived his life in that power. When he went back to his own place, he tried to, he tried to uh, demonstrate to them the power of God, but they didn't believe because he, they said, this is the son of Joseph. This is, you know, we know this kid. He's lived around us all of his life. So who could this guy be? And yet, he said, the scripture says he could not do many miracles in that place. Everything that we do when it comes to God has to come out of a heart of faith. We have to believe that what God has done or what God is doing or what God's word says is ours. Now, not, you don't have to build yourself up in any kind of spasm to do this. You just need to believe it. I've seen God do things simply because we believed that God was going to do it. We used to have a healing thing here on Sunday nights, and it was amazing. Everybody that was here that was doing the ministry were seeing God healing, doing healing. Now, my wife is a beautiful young lady, a beautiful woman. This man came in, and he was, he was hurting so bad. He didn't even live here. He just... He, he just came to church to see if there was some place that he could get some help. And Gloria and her team surrounded him and began to pray for him. And immediately, she, he said, this is what he said. He said that all the pain went away immediately. And he had been hurting all day long. He, he was traveling. He was hurting all day long. And God touched him and healed him. My wife said this. She just simply believed that God said it, then that's the way it is. Isn't that really what it comes down to? If God says it, that's just the way it is? Mark 9, 1. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some here standing here will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God present, present with power. Now, you know what this is talking about. That's when he was taken up from the earth, right? That's after his death and resurrection. And they saw the power of God when they raised Jesus from the dead. Let's go back over here. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Acts 1, 5. For John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit many day, not many days from now. Acts 1, 8. But you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the other parts of the earth. This word power is dunamis. And what it simply means is that, is that God, on the, on the birth of the church, endued them with his power. Like in Ephesians, the, the, the first chapter, this power that is in us, this power that is on us. Now, if you read down through the, through the uh, Bible and, and the book of Acts, you're going to find that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And things begin to happen. People begin to get saved. Let me read a couple of them to you so you begin to see what I'm talking about. Acts 2, 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through, his, uh, through, through him in the midst of as you yourselves know. Isn't it amazing that Peter got up on that day and he began to preach the gospel message. He was already clothed with power and God began to use him in such a powerful way that the Spirit of God anointed him with the word. Now, this power gives you an anointing to preach. And in that anointing, that word went out, and the thing that happened was that, was that uh, 3,000 men were pricked in their hearts. May I ask you a question? Have you, ever tried to, have you ever tried to get someone saved? How successful were you? The point is, is that even one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes it's hard to bring someone to the cross. And yet Peter stood up under the anointing and in the power of God and began to preach the gospel. And 3,000 people were pricked in their heart, crying, what must we do to be saved? The difference with us is that in what we believe. And what we believe, do we believe that we have been empowered with God's power to carry out that mission? That, that, that when we stand in that place and we, and we preach the gospel message, that, that we believe that the power of God is going to touch their hearts. I can tell you time and time again in my life, I have sit in my office, I have talked to people, and when I begin to feel the Spirit of God begin to move, I know that God is beginning to do something in another human being's life. I've seen God take things away. I've seen God heal. I've seen God uh, minister to their needs. I see him come in broken, leave in faith. Why? Because the presence of God or the anointing of God or the power of God begins to move and it changes it. Now, some of you in this room have experienced that yourself. And you know what I'm talking about. See, we don't really, we don't really understand what God has done for us. He didn't come here to leave us as orphans. He didn't come here just to give us his spirit and say, Fend for yourself. He came and he gave us his power for a reason. Was to do the ministry of the church. 
And out of that power comes transformation of lives and change of lives over and over again. As I was sitting here thinking about it, one of the things that I kept thinking about in the midst of all of this was that that power is resident in me. And that power is resident in you. But we don't walk in it. And we don't activate it. Why? I think it's because we really don't believe it. I think that what we're dealing with in our lives are the condition of our own lives. And what I mean by that is how we feel about ourselves. Sometimes we don't feel worthy. Sometimes we don't see how God could use a person like ourselves. Sometimes we see ourselves as we truly think that we are. And we don't, we don't believe that God could take us and do those things through our lives that he's promised. Even as we test the water, sometimes we don't believe it. I've told the story before about John G. Lake. One of the things that amazed me about this man was that he believed in healing. He believed it, but every time he tried to do something about it, it fell flat for him. Now, that's generally how it works. We, we, we try it, and it doesn't work, so we assume that it doesn't work. problem with John G. Lake, his family was dying. His wife had congestive heart failure, and she was dying. He had went to school after, uh, after he got out of high school to be a Methodist preacher, and he quit. But he got around a man who believed. He got around a man who believed in miracles. He got around a man that not only believed in those miracles, but he saw those miracles performed through this man. And he was amazed at what the, the numbers of people who were being healed by, by this man. And he wanted that for himself. So when he went to pray for his wife, it fell flat. And he got mad. And that's how it works, right? It falls flat, right? He threw his Bible against the wall. Like, this don't work. And it fell open to a piece of scripture. And he looked at it. He said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. See, he knew that God healed. That's the difference. Why? Because he saw what God did. And so he called up everyone he knew. And he said, at such and such a time, I want you to pray for my wife's healing. Ever been that desperate? She's laying down. She can't breathe. She's just full of water. You know what congestive heart failure is, right? It's when your heart gets compressed by all the water on your body. And she couldn't breathe. And he got next to her and he knelt down. He took her hand and he began to pray. 
And as he began to pray, God began to move. And God touched her body. And she got up off that bed completely healed. Now we struggle with that. We struggle with it. I'm telling you, we all struggle with it. We struggle with it because we don't know how it works. We've read about it in someone else's life. We've heard about it from other people, but we don't know how it works. It works because of God is in you. It works because God is with you. Everything that God does through your life comes because of the power that's on you. We are talking about last week is that, that your strength comes from his power. What do I mean? In, 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 in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, My grace is sufficient, for my power is manifested in weakness. That word power is dunamis power. And Paul began to realize what God was saying. He was saying because of, the, your, because of your weakness and our ability to accept our weakness and our, willing, our, our ability to praise God for our weakness and give God glory for our weakness and praise him for his power. What, is the, what does grace mean? It means divine influence upon the heart, so that in this place, God, in this power, God is divinely, can divinely influence you to do the very thing that he needs you to do. Something happens when power begins to touch you. It begins to change the atmosphere. It begins to change your faith. It begins to change what you believe God can do. And the moment the power of God begins to resonate and manifest, everything about you begins to change. And all of a sudden, you can begin to believe that God can do this very thing. It's funny, once you find it, once you find the source, once you find out how to activate the source, the funny thing is, is that you know how to get the job done, what God wants to get done. We live in a world around us where we see things happening. We see people who need deliverance. We see them unable to find their deliverance. We see people who need to be saved. They can't find their salvation. We see it all around us, the world in which we live. We see an absence of the very thing that they need the most. But we don't know how to access it so that God can do the work that he promised he would do. I can go through the scripture verses. Greater things shall ye do, because I go to the Father. What does that mean, that Bill and Jerry, Amanda? That means each one of you has the same capability to do the very same things that Jesus did. What rested on Jesus was the dynamis power of God, and wherever he went, it worked. You can see it in the life of, of even his apostles. Here's Peter and John going to pray. They got nothing, you know. They got nothing. But they did have one thing. They had a, a, a life of God in them. They had a power of God in them. 
That's why they knew. That's why they knew when they looked at this man, we, what we have, we'll give you. We'll give you what God has given us. We'll give you the power of God. We think because they were apostles, that makes them superhuman beings. But that's really not, they're not here no more. So who's going to do it today? Who has the power to do it today except us? So I was praying through this week. I knew today would be a hard message for me to preach. I knew it was going to be a hard message for me to preach. But the church needs to hear the truth about what God has given them. And he's given you, number one, he's given you his Holy Spirit in your heart. And number two, his Holy Spirit is with you. And number three, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. If you read, if you study, if you honestly study the Word of God, if you break it down verse by verse, you're going to find some significant things that are taking place when Paul begins to talk about certain things. When he begins to pray for certain things. Like in this case, he's praying that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge or the acknowledgement of him, that he would open the eyes of your heart so that you could begin to see and you could begin to understand the things that God has given you, your inherited rights. Not only are you heirs, but joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? You're at the same place they are. Why? Because God has given you his spirit and lifted you into that position. And what we struggle with in all of that is what we think reality is and what we see God is. That's really what it comes down to. Every one of you, if you're a Christian, have tried laying your hands on someone to be healed. And if you tell me you haven't, I won't believe you. Because it's a natural order of what we believe. When I came to Jesus, I simply believed that Jesus healed. So everybody that was sick, I'd lay my hands on and pray for them, whether they got healed or not. I simply believed it. That's what God really wants from us. It's the simplicity of faith and believing what his word has declared to us. funny is that when God touches us and lifts us to believe in something, it changes the aggressiveness of what we do about it. And, and the thing is, is that what God expected of us is to walk in a certain place regardless, to grow regardless. The thing he said to Timothy, he said, he said, uh, you know, says, I, I, he says, I, Timothy, walk in the power of God's grace. Be strong in the power of God's grace. And this is what Paul was speaking to. 
he was speaking that he began to understand the walking in the power of, or to be strong in the, in the grace of God was to understand that God empowers that in you and causes you to be divinely influenced in a very powerful way in your heart so that you begin to walk in that grace in a very powerful way. Where does that power come from? It comes from the very dunamis of God that he's given you. What does that mean? I guess what I'm trying to say is, why do we lag? It's because we don't understand. Jesus said the truth makes you free. But before it can make you free, you have to see it as truth. I tell people, it's not my truth. It's not the truth that is in this world. It's not the truth of any individual. It's the truth that is in the gospel message that Jesus has left us. One day a man preaches and 3,000 get saved. Another day a man preaches and 5,000 people get saved. One day a man preaches and a whole town comes to Jesus. That takes more than we have our, in our ability to accomplish. We can't accomplish that. The only one who can accomplish that is when God rests on us and gives us the ability to accomplish it. Sometimes I, I talk to people who've been overseas and they got thousands, hundreds of thousands that come into Jesus. You know why? Because the power of God is resting on them. And as they proclaim that word, it goes out in power. And as it goes out in power, those people are convicted. And in that conviction, they come to know Jesus. The problem with our country is, we're not so sure about that. As I see these things, I wonder, I wonder about a lot of things. In Acts 4, 7, it says, And when they, set, when they had set them in their midst, they asked them, By what power or what name Have you done this? There you go, right there. That ends the whole story. By what power or by what name have you done this? Peter and John said to the, to the crippled man, we'll give you what we have. And they reached out and they touched him in the name of Jesus. The power of God hit that man. He stood up. He began to run through the whole place, praising God, declaring the praises of God because God healed him. 
Peter and John got arrested. Isn't that how it works? You do a good thing and the devil comes after you to destroy it, right? Isn't it really? Isn't, isn't that how it works? Isn't that, isn't that really what he's trying to do is thwart the purpose of God and the work of God in you? To say, hey, you know, he's trying to stop you by some means, by some human being, by some kind of circumstance to stop us from moving forward, to stop us from doing the purpose and the will of God. Isn't that what happens? We do a good deed and we get slapped for it. <coughs> Listen to what it says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of these people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men, which men must be saved. What did he say? He said, we didn't do this. Maybe we're trying to steal the glory of God. Maybe that's really what our problem is. Or maybe when we see a miracle and uh, we kind of play it down. Maybe we try to take a little resignation or recognition in the whole thing. Peter and John didn't take nothing like that. They just said, we didn't do this. God did it. We didn't do this. God's power did this. And it was done, how? In the name of Jesus. And in his name, the power of God was manifested on this poor soul's life. You know how many times Jesus walked by that man? He walked by him every time he was in Jerusalem. Sometimes we don't get our healing because it's not ready. We're not ready. Doesn't change the fact that that's what God does. Well, you said, Well, Pastor Jay, how come you're not healed? I don't know. You know, Catherine Coleman walked and did the work of God, and God's power worked in her, and people were healed left and right. Do you know what she died from? You want to know what she died from? Her heart. Sometimes God takes the weak things to confound the wise. We always think that we have to be at this place in order to be used of God, and that's not true. God uses broken people to do great things. I said this story already today. Joseph was a broken man.
He was the privileged child of his father, rejected by his brothers, hated by his brothers, sold into slavery by his brothers, lied to their dad about what happened to him, was a good man, tried to do the right thing, thrown into prison. And we cry about a little, little hardship in our life. If God chooses you to walk a road so that he can manifest his glory through your life, then do, just walk it out. Because the power of God is manifested in weakness. It's not manifested in our abilities to accomplish. Sometimes I think we have way too much pride. Sometimes I think we have way too much ideal that we're, we're smarter than that or, or that we shouldn't have to walk through that. And yet Peter and John were willing to suffer and go through the humiliation of being arrested so that they could stand before these men and declare in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus alone raised this man from his sickbed. They're all being punished because they spoke in his name. And they beat them with whips and rods. They come out of there and they say, God, I praise you. I thank you, Lord. I give you glory for, for suffering for you. Thank you, God, for the stripes on our backs, for being beaten and mistreated by men. How many of us were willing to be humiliated for Christ? And yet that's the kind of man and woman that God is looking for. We're trying to climb up out of this place we're in, trying to, trying to get out of this place we are instead of saying, okay, God, this is where I'm at. This is where you want me, Lord. So the God, in this place, I will serve you. And God, this place, your power will manifest in me and the will of God will be done through my life. God wants a person who will walk in, release his will, whatever his will is, and walk away without being recognized for what he does or what she does. They were beaten, and they get back to this place, and they told him, you never speak in the name of Jesus again. So what happens? They humbled themselves right there. Right there. They humbled themselves in their situation, in their condition. They knew what these men could do to them. They could imprison them. They could have them crucified. They could do whatever. But what did they do? They humbled themselves and they started to pray. They said, Father, listen to their threats. Listen to what they're saying about you. People talking about you? Praise God. People don't like you? 
Praise God. Why? You should pray. God, listen to what they're saying. Lord, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're doing, Lord. And give us boldness to speak your word. Give us boldness to speak the name of Jesus. Give us boldness to stand. All of a sudden, God showed up. God showed up in their humility. God showed up. And it said the place they were in was shaken by the very power of God. God began to shake everything around them. Bam! Comes the Spirit of God. Bam! Comes the power of God. Bam! Comes on top of them. And all of a sudden, they were empowered with this boldness to speak the word of God. And all of a sudden, God began to pour out miracles and signs and wonders through their life. They began to do the great things that God said that we would do. You have to take the low road before you're ever going to get to the high. Sorry. God needs men and women who honestly will humble themselves before him. That's what he wants. You know what we're doing? We're taking the reins in our hands and we're saying, God, we're going to go do this for you. Jesus was the very humble man. If anybody knew anything about him, as a very humble man. He never took recognition for anything he did. He just didn't do it. Always gave God the glory. Always gave God the glory. Always gave God the glory. Always trying to trap him. God was always there to, to deliver him out of that trap. How? By his power. Out of his power, he gave him wisdom. Woman caught in adultery. I wonder what happened to the guys that were with her. They didn't bring the guys, they just brought the woman, right? This woman, this woman. The law says she should be stoned. This woman, this woman, this woman. They're all, they're all coming at him head on. This woman, just like a devil does to us all the time. He always comes at us head on like that. Trying to tell us what, what, what is, what is, what is. We need to be still. Allow God to manifest in us. He didn't acknowledge them. He didn't say anything to them. He just bowed his head. I'm pretty sure he was just praying as he was drawing. Father, what do you want me to say? Father, what do you want me to do? Father, Father, Father. The God, the Holy Spirit, spoke into him. And said, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. 
God, how humiliating, how humbling that is. That hey, if you got if you're if you have sin in your life, go ahead, throw the stone. One of them was caught with this woman. From the oldest to the least. They begin to turn and walk away. You know what Jesus said? Where are your accusers? Isn't that beautiful? Where are all these people who are accusing you? You're forgiven. You're exempt. You have God's spirit. You can live your life free. You can live your life in the power of God if you just quit trying to control your life and tell God what to do. Do you know where your faith comes from? It comes from the power of God in you. Out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. That word might is dunamis power in the inner man for faith in Christ. For love in Christ. With all patience, with all long suffering, with joy. Out of the power of God that you can live in this place where you can walk in this place so that you can be in this place with God because God's power rests on you. And that's the one thing he wants you to know this morning. That you can have anything of the kingdom because his power rests on you. And if you let the enemy steal it from you, shame on you. He has no power but that which you give him. That's it. What you yield to him is what he'll take. And he'll lie to you. He'll deceive you. He'll come at you. He'll try to steal your life. He'll try to destroy your life. He'll try to do all of it. But shame on you if you let him. I have to accept that for myself, see, because the Lord spoke to me. He said, the devil's trying to take you out, dude. That's what he told me. I was praying, and he spoke to me. The devil's trying to take you out. He doesn't want you in this church anymore. He's, everything that he's doing or everything he's done is trying to destroy you, trying to destroy the ministry that he's given you. All this heart problem is a destructive work of the enemy trying to destroy my life. Don't let him take what's not his. He doesn't have a right to it. You have a right to the kingdom of God. You have a right to the righteousness of God. You have a right to the peace of God. You have a right to the joy of God. You have a right to the love of God. You have a right to the power of God. You have a right. You have a right to live with it and walk in it. You have a right to use it for the glory of God. You have a right. 
because God's given you that right. And when the enemy comes and says, well, you're not worthy, you know what he said? You're a liar. Because God has given me the right to be a child of God, to be a son of God. He's given me a right because his Holy Spirit lives in me and my heart cries out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. He's my daddy. And the only reason we're not moving forward, the only reason we are not in triumph is because we're believing something other than the truth of what God has given us. You know our calling's an invitation, you know what I mean? It's an invitation. You know what that means? You have to come. Mr. Hook, you have to come. You know why? Because it's an invitation. God's not going to make you do anything. If you want it, it's an invitation. Come and get it. Come and get it, Cheryl. I just found out something about you, Lloyd. You know what it is? You want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? You were called to preach when you were a little boy. Am I right? God invites us. Come. Gene said it, draw nigh unto God and God will what? Draw near to you. Right, Daniel? Isn't that where you're living at right now? The whole thing comes down to one thing. is understanding what God has given you. You may not know how to wield it. You may not know how to use it. You may not know how it works. But if you follow him, he'll show you. It's a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the acknowledgement of what he's doing in your life. Amanda Haas. No, he hasn't forgotten. Nor you. He hasn't forgotten anyone. It's been a struggle. You don't get caught up in the struggle. It's part of the journey. God hasn't given you all the answers. Scripture says, we know in part. And the only part we know is the part he reveals to us. And as we walk in that part, he makes that part bigger. And he increases it in our life. It's not that we don't have it. We got everything that God has told us we have. We got every bit of it. We just don't know how to walk in it.
absolute simple truth. We need an education in the things of the Spirit. Right? Right? We need an education in the things of the Spirit. We have not arrived. I'm going to end with this. A couple of years ago, four or five years ago, I'm having a dream about something. And in the middle of that dream, God speaks to me in an audible voice. And he says to me, you'll die an old man in your own bed. Second time he's spoken to me in my life about when I'll die. I would say within six months, had a heart attack. What is God trying to tell me? He's trying to tell me, believe my word. We think because bad things happen to us and because the enemy is allowed to come in and do something, that that's the end of where we're going. That's the lie. That's the lie. And when we believe a lie, it robs from us everything that God has for us. It's just not done. It's just not done. He's just not finished. He's just not finished. He's not finished. Quit trying to rule your life. Let God do it. You know why? His perfect plan for your life will bring such blessing. 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 Quit looking at what you think you see. You can run, but you cannot hide. I know you're not asleep, J.D., so I'm going to say this to you. You can run, but you cannot hide. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to get a lot worse if you don't turn around. It's up to you. Turn it around. Amen? Remember this. That whether you feel it or not, it's it's like whether you feel Jesus or not, when he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he's always present. Whether you feel him or not, he's always present. And there's something else that's always present in you. Whether you feel it or not, His power, His power is in you. His power is in you. His power is on you. And it's for the work of God. It is for the work of the kingdom. It is for the work to be accomplished by depending upon that power in you to accomplish it through a force, through a strength, through a miracle, through whatever else it may be. 
So I feel that resistiveness in the spirit right now. I'm telling you, let your ideals of what you think God is go and let God show you who he is. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.